good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Chipman Brothers Tangent, coming to you live from Cancun, Mexico. Live on tape from Cancun, Mexico. Live on tape. This is pre-recorded. Pre-recorded. But it's live for us right now. Yes. Um, we've been here for our sister's wedding, as you've probably seen if you follow us on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and it's been awesome, but we... Well, if you follow him on Twitter, because I have been, uh, you know, like... Participating in, in the uh, in, in the so I haven't like shot a lot of photos so I've mostly been retweeting Chris yeah and uh, and like you know so like my Twitter during this has mostly looked like it usually has with a lot more retweeting but uh, retweeting photos of the wedding but as soon as I uh, sit down and receive the sending of everyone else's photos then I will put a bunch of stuff on there and it will look as though I have been at a wedding uh, this weekend in Mexico which we have been yeah um so. Uh, you know, two mid to late thirties brothers yeah. in an all inclusive college party resort in Cancun. Yeah. So it's been quite a thing. Um Yes, we have partied our asses off and uh been asleep by ten PM. Yeah. Yeah. This is um this is about <laughs> midnight. Yeah. So this is our um one yeah, this is midnight central time. Yeah. Um one in the morning um Eastern time, which yeah. is our time zone. Right. Um and so I mean, we figured we'd start this by recounting the trip for you guys. I don't know if anyone here has ever been to Cancun. Yeah. We didn't we didn't know what to make of it. I've never been to an all-inclusive resort. It's like a really big Epcot, Mexico. Yeah, that's a really good way to yeah. put it. Um you know, er- everybody's been great. The the plane, the flights were fine and I'm not a good flyer. Mm. Um we got out of the airport, and there were people with beer and tequila carts waiting for us, which, was, which was insane. Um, and the days are humid, which isn't good for heavier dudes like ourselves. Oh, yeah. Um, the sun is awful, and no matter how much sunscreen you put on, you still burn if you're a pasty white guy. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I burn more than you, though. Yep. And uh, the pools here are huge. Uh, we walked in, and the World Cup has been playing every day on a giant jumbotron. Yeah, they're not happy about the World Cup, though. Nope. Um, There's a, the 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 wait staff and the locals are very unhappy. Yeah, at, about about uh, football. A uh, football. Football. Yes. Yeah. Um, the uh, who did Mexico lose to? I think it was Korea. Wow. Well, we have that in common. We lost to Korea too. Yeah, but then Korea lost. As well, like the next game. Well, I, I meant, I meant like democracy. Yeah, I mean, shit. Yeah, womp womp, <laughs> topical. Uh, you know, the, the pools have swim up bars. Um, it's all inclusive, so we ain't paying shit other than tips. Yeah. Um, it's been it's been really freaking cool. It is it is really nice. That was no disrespect earlier either to Mexico or to the Epcot Center. By the way, it was just acknowledgement that yes, we are aware as as tourists that. Cancun is is not uh, you know authentically Mexico, but it's the part that we have traveled to, and it is nice. Yeah, we are surrounded by many, many, many different versions of white people, all day. Yeah, there's there's in well, Mexico. No, no, there's that, no the 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 vacationers are 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 extor- are, are the, the vacationing is very diverse because this is this seems to be a lot of weddings here, and it was like our wedding in between like three different. Uh, uh, Punjabi weddings. Right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, and they were having a friggin' that's blast. The, I pronounce that right. That's that's the right word for that particular style of Indian wedding. I think it's Punjabi. Punjabi. Yeah, I, we Either probably H- got that wrong. H- Hindi but. or Punjabi wedding. But um, it, you know, 
it, it was great because we're hot and wearing shorts and t-shirts. Yeah. I walked by a guy in, you know, his full traditional getup. Yeah. Standing outside his hotel room, which is just a funny thing to see in and of itself because when you picture that, at least when I picture anyone... Yeah. In traditional garb, I picture it for you know a celebration or something. Yeah. So to see him just kind of sitting there with a bottle of water in his hand, just chilling, and, and he looks at me and I go, "Man, it's beautiful out." And he goes, "Beautiful, it's hot." Yeah. I mean, I gotta wear all this, <laughs> and, and I was like, "Oh, that's perfect." Yeah. Like, I, I thought it was hilarious. What's that? What's that called? Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, what's that called? <laughs> Who's on first? It's um, a terrible, terrible vaudeville-style joke. Yeah, that was a, bad. About a, a, a beautiful and, and sacred traditional garment. Yeah, so they've they've been here. Um, there were two, like you said, two um, Indian two, weddings. Two, two Indian weddings. And they were, you know... In, India knows how to throw a fucking wedding. Oh, dude, you know what's cool is we're at an all-inclusive resort. Yeah. It's full of young people partying, drinking, and like, everywhere. The hallways are just full of people with beers and drinks. And but there's also families with kids. Families with kids, And everything's yeah. commingling. But... You know, it doesn't stop the Indian wedding from having a traditional, you know, a drum, like, walk, yeah, like, parade yeah. through the resort. Yeah. And it was wonderful. It was so cool to see. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's really cool here. Um, the, the ocean, unfortunately, this time of year is kind of crappy. Well, they have, them. they have yeah. the seaweed problem. Yeah, there's seaweed yeah. season. They have, they have like the the, the, the seasonal seaweed uh, creep creep in, so that they. But that's why they have the pools. Yeah, the pools are incredible. Yeah, they have the pools, and we we we've seen a lot of uh, iguanas. Yeah, a lot of iguanas. A lot of iguanas. A wild iguanas. Wild. That's very cool to see. Um, what Fr- we think are wild feral cats. Yeah, yeah. We see. Well, we don't know if they're feral cats because if they're wild, they could just be wild cats. Yeah, they could they could just be wild cats. I don't know. Does Mexico have like a feral cat? I don't know. Issue? They have a badger issue. Well, because it just seems like that there are like larger predators in this part of like like Cancun. Before they built all this shit here, is was was is is the jungle. The jungle, right? Yeah. That's why there's signs up. You know, it's not like we're from New England. We're used to you know moose crossing and uh, like you know beware of bears if you're in yeah. Like, we New Hampshire. we have badger crossing signs down yeah. here. Yeah, there's like badger cro- like you know beware of snake, beware of alligator, beware of uh, badger. You know, big cats. Yep. Yeah. By which they don't just mean big. They, they they don't just mean like you know like oh hey that cat is 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 chubby. I should post a picture of it. They mean like like jaguars. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and, and shit and shit like that. Which is hey cool you know. So speaking of um the jungle yeah um we haven't been here we've been here uh, the minimal amount of days to come on the trip because as I've mentioned before my wife is due with our second child in three weeks. Yeah. Um again wouldn't miss this for the world. This is my sister's wedding, but obviously because of. Zika and her not being able to fly at this point. She's not here. Um, so we didn't get, like, there was, like, an excursion day where everyone went out and kind of did these, you know, pre-bought yeah. excursions with hotel credits, which is really cool. But our mother, who historically was the kind of lady that wants to make sure all of her children are somewhere and gets really nervous about it. So we get here and we're like, cool, we got to find mom. So I send mom a message and I'm like, we're off the plane. We're at the resort. No response. I finally get, great, I'm in the jungle zip lining. <laughs> this is so unlike our mother. Yeah. It, it, it was awesome. Yeah, um, good good on her. Good on yeah, her. Yeah, she, she went to some ruins. Yeah, went to... They went, went to... Tulum. Tulum. Tulum, yeah. And um, then they went to the jungle and zip line and she went into a cave. Yeah. And swam in the yeah. water in a cave. Yeah, yeah. 
which I think is really cool. We should do that next if if we if we're here again. Yeah, I think time. it's worth coming back. Yeah, I, uh, yes. This is not wouldn't have been my first choice of vacation, and yeah. I'm I'm actually really enjoying it. Yeah, no, this is cool. Yeah, we we we, we should like swing down here and then uh, you know, like like hit up like you know maybe like a smaller resort. You know, and then like uh, spread some money out, do like the jungles and, and some cruises. Yeah, you the know, jungles look fun. Like get into get into some caves, go to some uh, some some ruins, get up uh, climb climb up a pyramid or some such. Yeah. Did Did you know that one of the largest this is a thing I found out. One of the lar- have you ever been to Memphis, Tennessee? No. Well, Memphis, Tennessee, of course, is named after Memphis, Egypt. Uh okay. One of the largest pyramids in the world is the Bass Pro Shops Megastore in Memphis, Tennessee. That is um, yes. very um, Midwest. Which is built inside of a pyramid-shaped building called the Great American Pyramid that was, like, commissioned by one of those dudes who was, like, a Freemason who was really big into, like, you know, spiritual geography. Oh, goodness. And and this building, it is now... If you can drive by it at night. They light it up like the Luxor Hotel in Vegas, right? And it looks like it's... Oh, look, it's glowing. And it's like, oh, hey, is it... Oh, hey, because... Oh, you, I've seen pictures yeah, of that. Oh, because okay. cause Memphis, right? Because cause, cause Egypt. You know, Memphis, Egypt, Memphis, Tennessee. And it's... it's and it's got the giant Bass Pro Shops logo on the That's side, fucked up. on the side of it. And this building—it's like Egypt by way of Midwestern right. Vegas. It was believe it, it. It has previously housed several other in- installations, including concert halls, uh, like a Hall of Fame thing. Uh, some some famous bands have played things there. It was empty for like a decade, and was believed to be cursed because of a crystal skull. That was installed on the premises by the founder of the Rainforest Cafe. Um, because appa- apparently he was like a student of like a a, a, a yogi of some sort that gave uh, I him see. a crystal skull and he put it at the apex of the the pyramid. Uh, it was the 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 Great American Pyramid was denounced as satanic by Alex Jones on his radio show, oh. and and now. One of the largest pyramids in the world. Not like pyramid mock pyramids because it counts as an official pyramid. It's in the list of pyramids on the world is the Bass Pro Shops Megastore. Have you been? I have not been because I have not been to Memphis, Tennessee. Why, why would I have gone to Memphis, Tennessee? Other than... See, the thing is, now I will kind of want to go to Memphis, Tennessee. There, listen, there are two reasons to go to Memphis, Tennessee. Okay? No, three. Three. All right? To see, I believe there is a museum to Jerry the King Lawler. Which would be awesome. Who's from Memphis, Tennessee. Obviously, Graceland. Obviously. And now the Bass, the Bass Pro Shops Megastore featuring an indoor swamp. That's freaking cool. And a fully stocked indoor swamp so that you can try the fishing equipment mm-hmm. from the Bass Pro Shop. And it's in Memphis, so I'm sure I can buy, like, a bazooka there, too. Yeah, exactly. You could buy some anti-aircraft weaponry at that fucking place. I don't mean to tease you, Tennessee, but come on. (laughs) Are you from Tennessee? Because you are the only ten I see. Yeah, we've been drinking. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Some some of that was sort of... There's an Elvis movie coming out this year. It's called, uh, like, The King and I or something. Who's in it? I think it's a documentary. No shit. Yeah, I think it's it's a it's a movie about Elvis, so that can get us sort of back on track. Chris, you saw a, a movie recently that I reviewed, but uh, what 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 movie did, did was it that you 
that you were looking to talk about on the podcast. I I saw the happy, funny, lighthearted um, film Hereditary. <laughs> um, holy shit! Yeah. Um, I, I I know you reviewed it. I haven't listened to your review, so we can talk <coughs> about it. Um, so for those of you listening that haven't seen Hereditary, yeah. Um, because I don't. I mean, it's made decent money. It's A24's biggest release. Yeah, Hereditary has done some very good business. Um, Hereditary, I'll just say spoiler alert now, because I want to talk about Hereditary. Yeah, okay, spoiler alert for Hereditary. Okay, so we'll both say it again. Spoiler alert for Hereditary. Because, like, we don't have to give away the ending, but you can't talk about this movie without spoiling it. No, yeah, I don't want to give away... No, the ending should be experienced. I'm not going to give away that. Because this is one of those movies where, like, if you've seen the trailer, you think... Oh, okay, I kind of know what kind of movie this is. And then about 20 minutes in, they go, oh, fuck you. Yeah, no, you so, don't. So so Hereditary yeah. stars Tony Collette. Yes. Who's as fucking good as ever. Yeah. Um, I actually feel, you know, I, I know that the buzz comes around for movies like this, but this is an Oscar movie for her. I think it is. I think This I is think an this Oscar is movie. Yeah. They, we'll, we'll get to, there's specific reasons why for that, but her performance... Straight yeah. through on this movie is just pitch perfect. It is. So so Hereditary yeah. is, I'm not going to call it simple at its core, because yeah. it's not. No. But it, it it's it's the tried and true, you know, at least you think you're getting into the tried and true genre film. Of, okay, there's some weird shit going on with a family, and the movie, instead of being a jump scare kind of thing to misdirect you, it misdirects you in just that... It, the horror of what happens in this movie is very human. Yeah. For about three quarters of it. Yeah. The film opens with an obituary for Tony Collette's character's mother. Yes. You never get to meet Tony Collette's mother. Yeah. And that's... Well, <laughs> well technically yeah. you don't. Um, that's what makes this film genius. You only get the reaction of the mother yeah. and the daughter and the son and the husband. Yeah. And then a friend of the mother as we meet later. Yeah. But you only get their reaction for what type of person she is. Yeah. You never get to see her. And so Tony Collette, it seems that all of them were have have a bit of an artsy kind of thing going on. I think a little they, bit, yeah. I, but but Tony Collette makes miniatures, yeah. really, really detailed miniatures. And her mother has died, and her mother had been living in the house, so it's obviously taken a toll on the family. Well, she she was dying of dying uh, cancer. of cancer, and, and living in did, the house. did not have a great relationship with the daughter. And did not have a great relationship with the daughter. You find out to the point where the daughter didn't even let her around their first kid, yeah. who was a boy, but kind of felt bad with the sickness, so she got to be part of their daughter's life, who... This this girl who plays the daughter in this movie. When I saw the trailers for this, I was very worried. Yeah. Um, having a daughter who's um, has a special needs diagnosis myself. Right. I was worried from just the way the trailer was cut that they were doing the oh the kid is special so there's something weird going on right, with the kid. Right. Yeah, yeah. But the performance it, there's never a there's never a time in the movie where the movie is trying to tell you what's wrong. They just kind of yeah, go yeah. this kid is off. There's something not quite right there, but they never spell it out, and it's not really a crux for the plot. Yeah, yeah. And I liked that about it. It's just this person exists. Yeah. And um, so, b- back to the story of what's going on in Hereditary, and that little girl, she's... she's she is, she's really good. And then the son had... And we, again, we won't really give away the ending, but the third act belongs to the son. Yeah. And he has some heavy fucking lifting yeah. to do in that there, third act. Yeah, there's... This is... It's... It's sort of like 
almost like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. In, it really in, is. Um, he's The things he's the best at, this movie has moving it on all cylinders. Yeah. He, he's really good with hum, human reactions to fucked up situations. Yeah. The movie is really good at... The horror of this film, like I said, the third act, it just goes bug nuts. Yeah. And but the horror of the film, there's horror movie things going on. But the way it's edited, the way it's cut, the way the actors are, it's all about the human reaction. It's kind of like similar to the approach of the adaptation of The Shining. Yeah. Where the book is, this is straight up a ghost story, but the movie kind of gives you, we're not really going to reveal our hand of whether or not there's ghost shit going on or this guy's actually insane until the third act, and we're still not going to answer yeah. it. This movie has that same kind of, it takes you down this path of horrors before the horror starts. Yeah. And so the horrors before the horror starts, Um. so there's a mother who's dead, Family obviously really fucked up by it, right? Yeah, right. Um, the mother and the father are obviously distanted, distanced by it, but the father is still. I like that the father character. There was no. It's yeah. um, who is it? Um, uh, it's Gabriel Byrne. Gabriel Byrne. Yeah, and he is so sadly sympathetic in this. Yeah, he's just yeah. trying to keep his broken family together as best as he can. Yeah, and it's a really difficult part because again, we set up a few spoiler warning in in the thing here is he kind of has to be the character who needs to be the the obvious red herring yes. for, for a lot of the movie. Because the movie is playing around for about, I'd say... How long, this isn't like two hours. This is about two hours, right? This is exactly two hours yeah. long. And in about the hour and 25-minute mark, there's one shot that reveals its full hand of going... Okay, yeah. now I see exactly where this is going, and then the yeah. movie goes, and we're gonna go fucking surreal and weird on your ass yeah, for like this, the last way. Yeah, well, because it's for a minute. You by now you, it, it. This is a movie that's really counting on the idea that you have seen that the it, Exorcist, yeah. Rosemary's Baby. Right. Yeah, if, this is what it's if, going for. If, that if you've gone to see this, you've seen Exorcist, Rosemary's the Baby, The Conjuring. Right, if you take yeah. the jump scares out. Right. And not yeah, and and not only that, but that if you that it knows that if it says okay, this is a horror movie, and here is you know a sort of wealthy family, you know one of them is an artist and or an architect or something, and they're living in a well-appointed house in the middle of nowhere, and you know they, you know that there are signs that that tell you that okay, it's a haunting movie, but it's really about the haunting of, you know, the, 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 the buried truths that we keep secret from each other and that it's a metaphor and whatnot. So you know that movies like that go a certain amount of time before they turn around and they say, oh, by the way, yes, this has all been a metaphor for the fact that these people need to talk to each other and get their issues out. And it has but, all that. But also there's a... Yeah. But this one sort of gets there much later in the game than others do and in order for it to do that it needs to kind of hold up things that should be kind of obvious tells and the one that they sort of lean on is kind of you could if it's if at a certain point there's a point in this movie where the plot has to where something has to happen to there's there are certain characters and obviously Tony Collette is the star of the movie. Yes. At a certain point, she's sort of no longer the focus of the movie. Correct. But she she's definitely the star. There are points in the movie where anything that is I'm trying to stay away as far as possible where things that are unusual 
can be... You, that if you're watching the movie from the point of view of an audience member, you can look at that and they say and say, okay, that was unusual, but that unusual thing was only witnessed by someone who's clearly unwell. Yes. Right? So, and also, there are other characters in the movie who would probably, things would probably get better for them if this unwell person, you know, got more unwell and went away. Yeah. So, there's a point in the movie where if they did do the turn where Gabriel Byrne turned around and said, you know, no, honey, you're not well, and here come the men in the white coats to get you, and it was a gaslight ending, you know, yeah. where it's like, oh... And, he... and and you almost expect them, they really hold you thinking they're going to yeah. do that till the very last minute. Yeah, there's, yeah, the... the, the they the... have that scene, and it does not go that direction. Yeah, the, <laughs> right, the, 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 po- the point at which you would say, okay, this is the part where we find out he's really the bad guy, and he did stuff to, and he's been manipulating all of this to, to trick her into thinking she's nuts so that he can steal well, an inheritance. And they, they have a yeah. brilliant red herring scene yeah. that's almost yeah. so fast that you only pick up on it if you know the genre. Right, yeah. Where they've just buried the grandmother. Yeah. At the funeral, the daughter seems to be being really, really focused on by all the creepy friends of the mother that no one in the family has met before. Yeah. But they downplay the shit out of that. Yeah, right. There's not like a whole, you know, big, like, they don't spend a lot of time. It's just unsettling. Yeah. Is the best way that I could say it. And Tony Collette's whole eulogy is very, you know, um, I've never met any of you. This is very strange to me. Yeah. My mother didn't have friends. She was very secretive. And they immediately cut to Gabriel Byrne at the house getting a phone call after they buried the mom where he goes, what do you mean desecrated? And then walks away and has the rest of the phone call off screen. Yeah. And so then, that oh, sets not, yeah. up the, okay, he doesn't tell the wife. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, you know, maybe this is all... They start building up the red herrings. But that, then here's what happens. The daughter has a peanut allergy. Yeah. They make that very clear. Yeah. The son and the daughter are... The son's kind of fucking up in school, stoner kid, you know. But they don't spend a lot of time... Instead of spending a lot of time showing you the backstory, they do it with Tony Collette and the husband, like going back through situations that happened with the mum. Yeah. But you only get, like, a glimpse of it. So you get, like, this... There's this incredibly creepy scene. Yeah. Where you go, remember how mum would never let me feed our daughter? Yeah. And you go, oh, that just must mean with food. Yeah, right. But then they cut to her. She starts... Stops doing her real work and starts kind of going back through her yeah. demons by making little miniatures. Yeah. And they spin around and cut to a miniature of the mother breastfeeding their daughter. Yeah. And in something, and it's a quick shot, but the horrors are really not shown for yeah. a while. Yeah. And the, they just kind of hit you with things like that. Yeah. Like, oh, this mother was fucked up. Yeah. Okay. So, something ain't right. Something here. ain't right. Yeah. So then we get about 20 minutes into this two hour long movie. Yeah. And the daughter ends up at a high school party with the brother. And the daughter is the entire ad campaign for the movie. She is, really is. is, is and is there's the even girl. great misdirection of showing yeah. the daughter and the mom's faces switching. And you go, hereditary must mean there's something wrong with the mom. And she's giving it to the daughter. Right, yeah. You know, and then also they, they really spent a lot of time. So the daughter... Again, brilliant actress, this yeah. little girl. She yeah. played Annie, I guess. Oh, not Annie. Um, uh, she was the Broadway version of um, Matilda. Yeah. 
I think is what she, is what yeah, she was. I believe that's true. And that's she, she's great. But she's at this party and she doesn't really want to be there, but the mother wants the son, you know, to play with her and whatever. And he goes off to get high with some friends in her room and she eats a piece of cake, right? That has, yeah, that has nuts. That was, that was cut with a knife where they were chopping nuts. Yeah. And goes into a anaphylactic shock. shock. Yeah. So the son, being the good son that brother he is, tries to get her to the hospital. Well, in trying to get her to the hospital... He swerves out of the way of hitting a deer as she's put her head out the window to try to breathe, and a telephone pole cuts her head off. Yeah, yeah. And I'm telling you, we talk about the horror in this movie being the people's reaction. That's not the horrifying part of this scene. Yeah. That's the scary and intense part of this scene. The son's reaction. Yeah. They just cut to a shot of him without showing you what happened to the girl, mm-hmm. and he just sits there and freaks the fuck out, and then goes catatonic and turns the car on and drives home with the corpse of his sister in the back seat. Yeah, gets out of the car and goes upstairs and goes to sleep. Well, no, he just lies down. He lies down. It is a very real human reaction. Yeah, yeah. That feels so. It feels so real that it puts you in shock because you could feel yourself feeling. You know what? I could actually see myself reacting this exact same way. Yeah, like because what yeah, am I gonna do? Yeah, this is the this is the only this is the only available reaction to this is to is 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 to get is to get back to a, a certain amount of safe safe semblance of safe space for him and let someone find this and deal with the fallout at another point. So then yeah. Tony Collette in the morning to go out to go shopping finds the daughter. Yeah, and this is where. Tony Collette, I mean, the whole movie is her earning her Oscar for yeah. this, but she, in v- v- vocals first, yeah. but then yeah. you see her in her bedroom with Gabriel Byrne, who even his acting in that scene, because yeah. how do you comfort that? She has an animalistic yeah. reaction mm-hmm. to this. This is, again, I've never seen anyone go through that, and I know yeah. that's exactly what it is. Yeah. She's on the ground clawing at the floor and... Just, I don't know how you even channel that. Yeah, yeah. It fucking broke me. Yeah. So then you sit for the next hour with nothing really all that frightening happening. Yeah. There's there's creepy scenes where the son and the mom keep thinking they see the daughter. Mm-hmm. The mom goes to a self-help group where she ends up very conveniently meeting a lady who has also lost a kid recently. She takes her to... And there's, it all starts fitting together, right? In her yeah. mailbox starts being these things for a local, like, was it like a psychic? A medium. A medium. Yeah. And then this lady tells her she saw that same medium. And the lady takes her to her house and, you know, it could just be parlor tricks still at this point, right? right? But shows her that she can talk to her she kids. Could, she could also just be losing her mom. Yes. And then yeah. so she goes home and, you know, is so taken aback by this. Yeah. She ch- chants the stuff in another language that she doesn't know what it means, but yeah. it's what makes this work. And is now all of a sudden to talk to their daughter. Yeah. Which... In a normal movie like this that would try to keep playing the red herrings would have the family immediately react in, oh, this is awesome. But they play it so horrifying and the reaction of Gabriel Byrne and the son. Again, this is where the son does the heavy lifting. Every time the mother does something that hits him at a guttural, like, like childhood level he yeah. reverts immediately to being a little kid yeah and starts crying mommy why did you do that and yeah, it, yeah. he owns it yeah it's, like it just it, this movie is so 
fucking mean. Well, and, and, <laughs> oh, yeah. well, and, they, and they do a really good job, too, because when this movie first starts out, you can't stand this fucking kid. No, you I can't stand him at all. I, I don't mean the little kid, because he's, I mean, the... It, because he's playing in the exact way that these movies usually go. You have, okay, the mother is our main character, and she's creative, and she's boxed in because her mother was mean, and her husband, you know, she, you know is... You know, it's it's a husband, so he's you know he's a little stuffy and whatnot. So you have that. So it's you know this is oh the 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 poor mom you know who has to keep everything together and is resentful about that. So obviously she's sympathetic. The daughter is also creative and weird and put upon. So we know okay horror movie directors that's where our sympathy is supposed to lie. And then she gets hurt. And the son you know he lets her get hurt through negligence. He has this very human reaction, but that also seems like a dick move. Yep. You know it's like dude why aren't you more upset? Why why aren't you also losing your shit? What are yeah. you so selfish about? They don't let us see him get upset about it. We have to cut immediately, you know, to a couple months later where he is more withdrawn than that. Like we, yeah. like we really are not made to like him until we. And it's, we, it's an editing yeah, achievement yeah. of like the nth degree. Right? How they 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 wrote these characters if you were to edit this movie straightforward yeah. these characters would be telling you exactly what they are right like every character would go i'm the misdirection i'm yeah. this and that but the editing makes you just go i accept the fact that this movie just doesn't want me to like this kid yeah and then very gradually kind of turns around and goes Okay. Well, okay, and then very gradually you realize yeah. he is the entire focus of yeah, everything this, going this on is, in the movie. This is something else going on here, and and he re- and then you know, also turns us around on Tony Collette, and yeah. not, not necessarily in like a like a, a, a villain sort of way until until the until other other things are in the movie and there's other bits of business, but but there's she 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 kind of becomes. We understand her more. It's a, a thing that doesn't usually happen in movies is normally the more they tell us about someone, you know, is, is that, you know, you you have a character go to therapy and they reveal more about their background and where they came from. And, and you immediately go, oh, okay, I understand why you're like, why you are how you are and therefore, you know, you're a little more sympathetic. And the more that, that she reveals about herself, the more we say, you know, y- oh, you're not a good person, are you? Right. Yeah. You you are you are not the good you're not the good guy here. Right. Yeah. And so again, we're trying to not reveal exactly what happens in the third act, but yeah. suffice to say, the lady that the mother met should not be trusted. Yeah. The yeah. lady at the that the mother met was a friend of the mother, her mother, who died at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. She goes through photo albums and starts seeing things that we won't mention involving the mother. Yeah. And reading things that were involving the mother's um extracurricular activities yeah. Yeah. that she was revolving around. And we find out that all of this seems to revolve around the women cat people needing to have a male child to have happen. (laughs) And so the sense the grandmother was not allowed to be involved in the son's life and was very angry about it, she was priming the daughter to be (laughs) and now the daughter has been taken out of the equation very intentionally, it would seem, so that something can happen to the son, whose name is Peter, right? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. So that brings me to um, some really cool horror movie type things they do. 
they do the very cool um, to bring some to talk to someone. It's like the Ouija board kind of thing, right? You need something of theirs. The daughter has a notebook that she scribbled in. It's the impetus for this, right? Yeah. Well, they do the. You know, all these different movies have one of these. The Babadook has the why can't you destroy the book? Well, you destroy it, it comes back. Tony Collette goes to burn the book and she begins to light on fire. So it's like imprinted on her. But then the movie later on, without blowing exactly what happens, plays around with that, like the, the, Whatever the other beings that are, you know, that are the, the the ghostly or whatever you want to call it part of this movie um, are pulling a fast one on the characters, too. They're intentionally misguiding the characters in the movie because when they eventually do try to actually burn that thing, it has a very opposite effect than it had originally. And it's one of the best fucking scenes in the movie. It really is. Um, it actually could be the best scene in the movie. Mm. Um, so... With that, we get Hereditary up to a point, and I wanted to take a little aside to say, Bob and I have talked on this podcast before about the most recent new season of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah. And I do have to say, there's a character in this movie in a brilliant scene that's really creepy that we won't go too far into, but Peter is at school Mm. and is caught glimpse by a random it's actually the grandmother's friend yeah saying peter (laughs) and all i could think of was your father's in trouble the the bigfoot from uh, cry in the wilderness or something i couldn't help it i couldn't help it peter your father's in danger so, so, so suffice to say the movie is a huge downer yeah um it really succeeds in that, you know, similarly, Rob Zombie tried to pull off a very similar kind of thing and tone to this with Lords of Salem. It's kind of like that homage. House of the Devil is kind of another one that this movie, though, feels very organically like part of that genre instead of trying to um, instead of trying to emulate it. Do you, you, yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? A little bit, yeah. Um, and, and, and I like that about it. But it really, it, it, it needs to be seen because it earned its D-plus cinema score because of what happens in the third <laughs> act. Um, it is not a happy movie, but, you know, the drama fiends that are okay with seeing a movie just about someone's downward spiral are not going to like the incredibly insane 180 this thing takes in the third act. Um, it, it, it jumps genres. It jumps genres and just goes, com- I won't call it silly, but you could call it silly. It, it goes pretty over the top. <laughs> it goes very over the top. And again, let's call this... It doesn't go over the top becoming like a Michael Bay CGI fest. It goes over the top within its means. Mm-hmm. It goes over the top like a... Um, like a Lucio Fulci movie who goes over the top. You know, it just goes... It goes with bizarro imagery and characters not doing things you expected them to do up to that point. And shit just gets fucking weird. And um, I have friends that have had a hard time with the movies this year, kind of being burnt out by a lot of stuff, that have gone back and seen this movie three or four times after my... Because they were just so taken by how really fucking good it was. Um, so yeah, we don't want to blow the end of it hereditary, but it's worth it. It's it's worth the ride, I think. Just be, be prepared, because that, that thing that happens 20 minutes in with the girl is shocking and it doesn't really let off it doesn't really let you out of that right bob no it does not um so what else do we got to say what what else have you seen um that you haven't reviewed 
well, I reviewed uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, there you is, go. Which is a lot of fun. Yeah, I got to see that I, one. I enjoyed it. I don't know if it's as good as the first one, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what else to say about it. Other, I mean, my review is up. It's it, Ant-Man. It's Ant-Man 2. It's a lot of fun, as Ant-Man 1 is. Um, I did not uh, get to see Sicario 2 yet because I uh, had to come down here to, to, uh, to actual Mexico. Or, well, Cancun, but close enough. Close enough. And uh, so I did not get to see Sicario, but I'll be seeing that when I get back. Uh, I, I enjoyed Jurassic World 2. Yeah, Jurassic World 2 I got to see. Yeah, I had fun with it. It's, again, not as good as Jurassic World 1, I don't think, but I, I had fun with it. I think they have a better director on this one, though, in my opinion. Uh, it's visually, it's it's more stylish. It, uh, it it has some really interesting moments. I I will give them credit. I think they finally left Jurassic Park franchise in a place they can't like just write themselves out of by having them go back to the island. Yeah, they I don't think they can like every every like every Jurassic Park movie has kind of, you know, opens like like the plot of every Jurassic Park movie is, "Oh my god, the dinosaur zoo broke and all the dinosaurs got out." Right. You know, and that and so it stands you like, "Oh, so in your sequel, that means that like the dinosaurs are going to be all over the place and then they make the sequel and the sequel is just like, "Oh no, we had another dinosaur zoo or we have to go back to the dinosaur zoo." Right. So, you know, I think they they have now left it in a place where they have to do something other than Dinosaur Zoo. I agree. But uh, it's it's pretty good. You know, I, uh, I it, someone had to point this out to me later, but I, I, I'm amused by the fact that uh, B.D. Wong is essentially playing a fiendish Dr. Wu at this point. Oh, Jesus. Fiendish Dr. Wu and your kung fu treachery. <laughs> I, um... I've just finished season two of Westworld. Oh, okay. Which will eventually do, I think, a whole, maybe couple of episodes on that after you get to finish it. But yeah, I gotta for, get the, back for those of you that um, have watched and enjoyed Westworld, what a friggin' finale, huh? <laughs> Jesus, um, th- th- that show keeps keep, keeps me very entertained. Um, oh, what else you got, Bob? Uh... That's that's where I am right now. Uh, you know, this this was a, a long lead up for me because we had to get ready to come down here. So my uh, my viewing schedule is a little tapped right now. Same here. Yeah. So uh, tomorrow we get on a plane and come back to Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll catch you guys on the flip side. I hope you enjoyed our uh, Cancun tangent, and I hope you've enjoyed all the pictures. Um, as always, you can find this and uh, the other podcasts that I do on. Um, uh, Libsyn, um, or uh, my Patreon, sorry, patreon.com slash the Chippa. We currently have the Chipman Brothers Tangent with me and Bob. Um, we have Creating Geeks with me and my wife, Sarah. Um, and we've got a new one, the Talkbuster podcast, which um, is uh, um, going back on the times when Bob and me and my other friends uh, who worked at Blockbuster were there, just kind of reminiscing and talking about the state and direction of the video industry and anything else we can think about um we've got two episodes so far the first one i did with my wife because that's where we met um and the second one i did with um, my friend paul who uh, was my wife's one of my wife's best friends and um that one was really interesting as well um so i hope you guys have been enjoying those um with bob you can find bob's movie reviews on geek.com yeah, right, Bob? and uh, everything else on his blog and on YouTube, right? MovieBobCentral.com. MovieBobCentral.com. YouTube user MovieBob. Check me out on Twitter at, at the underscore MovieBob. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, um, 
as always, thank you for coming along on the tangent. Thank Have you a guys. great night. Viva la Mexico. Oh, yeah. Bye, guys. <laughs>